turn up your brand fame with Australia's number one podcast network, Listener. From Hamish and Andy, Australia's number one comedy podcast, to the very latest daily news at 7am, Listener has highly engaged environments where you can tell potential customers all about your brand. Listener reaches over 6.6 million monthly users and is growing every month. To find out more about advertising on Listener, visit sca.com.au forward slash listener. I'm Tim Burrows and this is Unmade. Moving up the agenda all the time is the question of brand purpose and whether brands now need to be seen to be doing the right thing by society. Is it hype or is it genuinely good for business? Creative agency Leo Burnett has just asked the Australian public what they think with the results published in their new study, What Good is Doing Good. With me is Catherine King, Chief Strategy Officer for Leo Burnett. That study title is a good place to start, Kath. What Good is Doing Good? It certainly is a good place to start. I guess when we looked at this topic, there is growing momentum around doing good in society from a brand lens. But when we dig deeper into it, we don't really, there's not as much around how brands can do good, um, how they can do good and also be good. So I guess the idea is talked about far more than we understand its practical application. So we wanted to dig into that a little bit more through the study. Well, um, let's maybe before we sort of get into it, can you just talk me through the methodology of the study? Absolutely. So we conducted the field work in partnership with YouGov. Um, so it's nationally representative. There were 1,019 um, people from all around Australia, all sorts of ages, income brackets, political views. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty representative of the Australian public. And this was a quantitative online survey where people are effectively answer a series of questions online. Yeah, we've got a pretty hectic data set off the back of it, which we naturally get very wildly excited about. So yeah, it was it was uh, quite an extensive study um, and it was done in, in June. So it was quite recent and it's taken a, a little while to kind of sift through all of the data to find out the relevant points and, and the most interesting points um, for us to, to really share with the industry. Well, let's get into it then. Um, I suppose the overarching question is, um, what are the practical lessons in all of this for marketers? Yeah, there are a couple of really interesting ones that we found. I guess first and foremost, 88% of Australian consumers now expect brands to actively be doing good in society. And so when we look at the topic of doing good, it's table stakes these days. It's an expectation from clients, uh, from uh, consumers, sorry. And when they look at brands that do good, they're more inclined to prefer them and in many instances pay more for them. So from a baseline level, it's more table stakes. But what was really interesting and what we found particularly fascinating with this is that there's almost like an expanded definition of doing good when it comes to brands. So typically when we think of this area, we think of doing good in terms of societal good or doing good in terms of environmental good. But what we found is across all age groups, demographics, political leanings, geographics, across the whole lot of it, um, financial good is really 
important to Australians. And so that was really interesting for us because it expands that definition and also the remit for brands to get involved. Now, what do you mean by financial good? Yeah, it's that's also an interesting area because we found that consumers don't differentiate and they don't discriminate between things like business practices and brand acts. So obviously we've got more say and more influence when it comes to brand acts of good, but from a consumer lens, they're really looking at business practices as well. So when we asked what are the most important brand acts of good within a, uh, that a brand can do in Australia, the top thing that came out was paying people, whether it's employers or suppliers, equally and fairly. It was things like ensuring that there's zero tolerance to corruption, no one was exploited in the making of a product, and the good old one of paying you taxes. So they were more important than, you know, things like having a, a, you know, planting a tree in society. Not to say that that's not also important. Now, you talked earlier on about table stakes, and I suppose I was thinking similarly as you know, how much of this is just sort of hygiene factors. You know, this is this is a bare minimum now that consumers expect and will be surprised to find that brands weren't doing versus being impressed by them going further. Yeah, I guess when we look at things like that, I guess the other interesting thing we found was that good means good to different cohorts. So brands typically will look at doing a a good initiative Um, and potentially, of of course, you always think about audience, but what we found is that it's really important to do this. You know, when we look at the definition of good, which in itself is quite a hairy topic, quite philosophical at times, what we found is that good means good to different people. And so if you're a brand wanting to do good in the the world, you need to understand your variety of good because you want it to be meaningful and also to build equity with audiences. So to be able to do that really Really get to know your audience, know what is of concern to them and where they also want you to play a role, which is, which is really important. Well, let's dig into a couple of stats and what you think might be behind them. Um, one that leapt out on me, 84% think of themselves as good consumers. <laughs> what do you think that says? Well, obviously, we think, uh, I think we think quite highly of ourselves. What I really loved about that stat was we also asked people whether they thought other Australians, like their friends and family, were also good consumers, and that percentage was far lower than, you know, your, your personal perception around how good you are as a consumer. I suppose it's a bit like everyone thinks they're a great driver. Yes, and I am. Now, uh, (laughs) another stat, um, 42% of the people that you talk to um, were sceptical about the legitimacy of companies' intentions. Now, I guess that could be taken more than one way. I, I, I took it to mean maybe they kind of, you know, uh, take everything brands do at face value. Is 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 that how you see it? Mm, we kind of saw it in two different ways. So there was kind of an interesting element of that stat when we looked at genders. 
So when it came to genders and what were the barriers for people supporting good, um, males were more sceptical of the legitimacy of brand acts and females wanted to, I guess they felt like they didn't have enough understanding or education around brand good to know whether to support it. But also when we look at this area and when we look at the criticism that brands attract when they do brand good, it's often around things that are tone deaf, things that are tokenistic, things that are quite superficial. Um, And even when we look at things like the ACCC, like kicking off a review into greenwashing, obviously when we look at the business and brand world, we look at being the first, the biggest, the loudest, the best, given it's important to create differentiation, to be motivating, to be, you know, quite visionary for consumers. But it's a little bit different when it comes to brand good. The credibility around it is really important. Hey, that's really interesting. You mentioned the ACCC kind of warning on greenwashing. Um, what um, what are the risks for brands that aren't actually walking the walk when they're talking the talk, do you think? Well, obviously, when we look at that stat around, you know, 42% being um, really sceptical about whether brands are legitimate in this area, um, what we found is that when it, we also looked at consumer uh, purchasing um decision-making factors. And obviously price and quality and and fulfilling a need was were the important things, but what we found was that doing good can, can be a differentiator. So brands that lose credibility in this space also lose an opportunity to create quite a powerful differentiator when it comes to you know preference, when it comes to recommending a brand or a product to one person over another. So um, obviously, you know. We, Australian consumers have an expectation that brands need to actively do good, but there are considerations and factors involved because you're essentially getting involved a little bit in the public sphere, not just, you know, in, in the business realm. Well, um, let's go to a, a question which kind of amused me, um, that question of what happens when the price of doing good goes up for consumers. Now, you look at the media consumption habits of the people who are least likely to be willing to pay more for their brand to do the right thing. And the highest number of people who wouldn't be likely to pay more are Sky News Australia viewers, (laughs) 27%. Yes, that is correct. And and conversely, um, consumers most likely to pay more apparently watch 10 news at 84%, closely followed by news.com.au readers at 82%. So does that mean that Sky News viewers are just more inherently selfish or or do you think they're influenced by what they watch? I'm sure it's a little bit of both. I guess what we were looking at is we wanted something very practical. So when we're looking at brand good, we didn't want to just understand how you can do good, but we wanted to create addressable audiences around it as well. So I guess you can really question, I mean, what we found is that doing good resonates most with millennials. Um, And I don't know how many millennials passionate about the environment potentially watching Sky News. Um, but what it does tell us is that if you we are kicking off a, a piece of work for a brand um, that is focusing on brand good, we potentially wouldn't go after a Sky News audience um, for, for, that, for that particular campaign. That's interesting because 
obviously you, although you're, you're, you're working at a creative agency currently, you have worked in kind of agencies that, that, that focus on media strategy in the past. So do you think there are actually insights from this survey on the audiences brands should be talking to, depending on what their appetite for doing good is? Absolutely. We did work with um, our friends at Spark in terms of, you know, building out some of those audience layers for that exact reason. You know, if brands are looking at doing good, um, there has to be a practical element of it. You know, we are very interested in the effectiveness, the meaning, how meaningful it is, whether it's building equity. So to be able to do that, we need to know who we, who is best to target um, and how we can best kind of measure these these sorts of initiatives as well yeah you mentioned gen z um what what are we learning about the different kind of age demographics in this study what we found when it came to gen z is doing good isn't necessarily a personal thing in terms of personal responsibility so we asked a question as part of the study whose responsibility it is to do good in society and gen z came back and ranked themselves at the bottom of the list. Um, and so when it's a really interesting um, kind of stat when you look at it. So only a quarter of them said it's my personal responsibility. And when you look at it, this cohort or this, this group, when we look at every future generation, it's almost like we lump them with the problems of the past generation and say it's your problem to solve. And so we can see that Gen Z probably has had enough of this kind of narrative. They don't want to feel like it's just up to them to make the future a better place. They want the government they want, you know, brands, they want, you know, the media or whoever it is to kind of step up um, onto the plate as well. So if we were um, counselling a brand uh, on how to reach Gen Z, we would say focus on your efforts and, and don't kind of make it up to them or say this is how you can make the world a better place. And I suppose, again, you know, we touched on table stakes and hygiene. Um, should Brands, when it comes to kind of thinking about their own advertising messages, should they be actually in those messages, do you think, be talking more about what they are up to when it comes to doing good? Or does that just become a kind of another form of potential sort of greenwashing? Don't think it's greenwashing. I think what's interesting is you kind of need to have your house in order before you need to before you want to start talking about a particular issue. So, um, so definitely that's important. Um, and it's also looking at what message is placed where. For instance, we know that uh, certain audiences do go online and look at this this sorts of you know these sorts of uh, bits of information. They go researching for it. So. Uh, make sure that you do have information online or in other channels that talks about those table stakes that, that you mentioned, Tim. So, you know, whether it is more of the business practices that support the Brand Act to, again, offer that credibility um, for consumers. Yeah, I. it's interesting. I suppose I find myself thinking about one example where I remember feels like this year, maybe it was last year, um, at quite a similar time, both Coles and Woolworths were both talking about their kind of journeys towards net zero. And there were two quite, although they both talk about it, there were two quite different approaches. You know, we sort of saw Coles was um, uh, much more, that was the single message of their campaign. Whereas Woolworths, it was a far sort of wider. There was freshness in there. There were various other things as well. So it was it, it, it was one one of a number of messages. Now then, 
there was a survey of the public not long afterwards that suggested that Coles scored fractionally higher on the perceptions around, you know, which does the more in sustainability. But it felt like Woolworths has actually covered a lot more ground in multiple marketing messages. Um, where, I, I don't, don't know if you remember those two approaches, but where, where, where would you have gone if you were the strategist involved in that? Depends. Look, it's hard to do that without understanding the real objectives, you know, like maybe for Woolworths, for instance, it's important to tell a broader message that does anchor it back to the brand more because, you know, there could have been brand equity or or wider kind of objectives in terms of that. It's really, it's always hard to make comment on these sorts of campaigns when you, you, there's, because there's so much that goes in behind them, as we all know. And, um, you sort of obviously talked about having your house in order first. Um, for the most part, you know, brands doing good. Is that about risk management or is it about actually seeking reward from consumers? Yeah, this is a really interesting topic. I find it personally quite fascinating. I mean, there is the the opinion out there that brands often do good to deflect or to kind of um, bolster up their credibility in a certain area. But what we found interesting is the fact that 88% of Australians think it's important for brands to do it. And more importantly, two-thirds believe that doing good in the world today in society means more than it did five years ago. So regardless of the reason behind it, consumers are expecting it more. So I think it's important to to differentiate. We all know that brands, consumers expect us to do it, but it's, it's more of a question of how we're now going to go about doing it. Because what's interesting about this area is the fact that it nudges into the public domain. When you think about acts that are doing societal good, that are doing things in the environment, it's kind of the domain that governments used to play the role in. So if consumers are increasingly expecting brands to do it, we need to be really mindful of it because we don't follow a democratic process like governments do i'm just reminded of something i i saw shared on twitter in the last few days so i can't swear to its absolute accuracy so i won't i i won't say which brand it was but they 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 shared the fact that one of the tobacco companies had declared that it donated cigarettes to the ukrainian army um does that does that seem to you like an example of a a, a brand doing good Depends on whether the Ukrainian army wants cigarettes, I guess. Um, no, I, 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 yeah, I definitely cannot throw judgment on what other brands are doing. I'm, you know, I guess a good study is just mainly trying to inform brands moving forward on what to do. <laughs> no, I must. Admit, I do sometimes wonder whether some of the kind of energy in this sort of push towards brand purpose more widely might at least in part, and I don't want to sound too much like a Mark Ritson acolyte, but it might be in part about making the people working on the brands feel better about themselves than necessarily outcomes for the brand. Is is that is that too cynical? 
Oh, it might be. Um, I'm sure many of us who work with brands do want to feel good about the work that we're doing as well. Um, I mean, look, what we did found is that it can affect things like NPS preference and purchasing decisions. So whilst we, you know, I'd love to avoid cynicism, there's a reality to all of this. And the reality often um, when we're talking to brands about, you know, uh, why they should be doing good. There's there's not just a feel-good element to it. There has to be kind of a, a real commercial element to it as well. So it can, you know, for 87% of Australians, they said it, it can influence their purchasing decisions. So there is, there is like, a, a, I guess, a more commercial reality to those figures as well uh, for the cynics out there. So you've been in the brand strategy game a long time yourself, including with one of Australia's greatest media strategy agencies at the time, Naked Communications. The landscape has changed a fair bit since then. Um, mm. How do you see the state of the communications industry now when it comes to strategy? Um, where is the great work coming from at the moment? What do you mean by great work? Like when you say where's the great work coming from, what do you mean when you when you say that? Well, I suppose if I think about a kind of period 10 years ago, it felt like you could almost separate out, and I'm talking, I guess, mainly about media strategy here, but but you know, probably strategy more widely. You could just say that was a brilliant piece of strategy that maybe changed the game in some way for the brand. Um, and I'm not sure I can think of many agencies now of any sort, whether it's creative, whether it's media, there aren't so many specialists, that you could actually say they are the people who are now coming up with absolutely game-changing strategies for their brands i'm sure there are some out there um where where do you look for that inspiration or maybe they don't exist anymore maybe that's it (laughs) i i think what's interesting is when you look at how things are are meshing together so you know i I agree there was a time when you could kind of draw a line and stand say that was a great strategy and then this was a great creative i personally find it really interesting when the, the two are kind of intertwined or, or when some of the lines are a little bit blurred. So I know it's quite self-indulgent, but I do love the Suncorp work, for example, um, and I love it because it, it had a really interesting insight around, you know, the amount of money being put towards um, prevention versus cleanup. But then they were just kind of blurred lines so for people who aren't familiar with the Suncorp work, this this won a, a, a couple of awards and it was a, a, about finding ways to persuade uh, the building of kind of um, housing that was more resilient to Australia's environment. That's right. And what I love in terms of the strategy of that work is that the strategy didn't just sit within the communications realm. It had an it worked in partnership with the wider business. So it's exciting, for instance, as a strategist or when you're working as an agency to then have a partner where it can influence the products that are being put out in market. It can influence an industry body. You know, it can work in partnership with scientists or or other people who who do. Um, the real work out there when it comes to helping people's lives. So I think I'm increasingly interested in the blurred lines, you know, of where strategy can go, where we can take um, our the way that we think about problems and apply it to other sorts of problems. Do you think that the advertising industry is a force for good? 
I think the advertising industry is definitely a force. Um, And I think when it comes to brand good, it's where we need to have questions on whether it will be a force for good, given the influence that it can have in consumer lives. So I think that's why I'm really in, why we were really interested in doing the good study, because when we look at brands, they often do like to take a leadership stance when it comes to these issues. But when you can have the potential to influence the public agenda, um, when you, it can in influence issues of the day, I think brands need to, you know, walk with caution and, and walk almost following the lead of their audiences and what really matters to them when it comes to brand good to ensure that we are a force for good and not just a force. That's a very good place to leave it. Kath, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Tim. You can subscribe to the Unmade email at unmade.media. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. I'll be back with more soon. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio. Turn up your brand fame with Australia's number one podcast network, Listener. From Hamish and Andy, Australia's number one comedy podcast, to the very latest daily news at 7am, Listener has highly engaged environments where you can tell potential customers all about your brand. Listener reaches over 6.6 million monthly users and is growing every month. To find out more about advertising on Listener, visit sca.com.au forward slash listener.